crowd on its feet. 20,000 plus here. Trying to be that sixth man. Kyrie sizing up Westbrook. Fires a long one. Oh, the bottom. Video game again. Kyrie Irving. Time out. Thunder. I can't take it anymore. Hello. Welcome to The Bottom, a Cleveland Cavaliers podcast with SB Nation. I am your host, Tony Pesta, and today I'm joined by Matt Thomas, the founder and host of Who Are They Real Entertainment and recent college graduate. Congratulations, Matt, and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. One of the few people from college I'll actually still keep in touch with after the fact. <laughs> uh, so since this is the first episode, today we'll be doing a quick little rundown of the best and worst things going on this season for the Cavs. Uh, a nice little end of the year recap, I guess. Just to give an overview of where things currently stand as recording this, it's uh, Friday, December 30th, the day before the Chicago game. Uh, hopefully nothing uh, insane happens in the next 24 hours or whenever this gets posted. But as of right now, the Cavs have a 22-14 and 14 record. They're fourth in the East, and they are four games back from the top seed. They were a lot closer. It's kind of like a four-way race right now. The the last few games have kind of dropped them back a little bit, but they're in the hunt for the top seed still. Overall, they're seventh in the NBA, so in a good spot still, despite the three-game losing streak. They have the number one defensive rating, they are 11th in offensive rating, and they have the third best net rating. Matt, how are you feeling about the Cavs? Have they reached or exceeded your expectations entering the season? Honestly, the Cavs have basically been where I thought they'd be. I thought they'd be a few games above where they were at this point last season, which they are. Uh, I didn't expect Donovan to mesh as well as he had, but granted with Darius being in and out of the lineup multiple points this season, you can still see there's some growing pains in that connection. And honestly, uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Evan Mobley. I know a lot of people are freaking out because, oh my God, it's the same stats he had last year. And (laughs) I sit here and say, Oh my God! He's got a more ball dominant point guard, or yep. not point guard, ball dominant guard in general. Two of them, playing with yeah. Him. On top of having Darius, you still got Jared Allen. But guess what? His efficiency's up. Yeah, like it, it, it's like a rebound more again. He's doing everything you would want him to do. Sure, he's not making that For scoring sure. jump that people are expecting because. When we drafted him, everybody heard the word unicorn. So everybody yeah, expects you to that, jump. The from... magic word right there. Mm-hmm. So everybody expects a player like that to jump from that 15 and 8 range to like 20 and 10 or 20 and 12. He's he's at 15 and 10. I'm perfectly com- I'm confident in him. Uh, that he, he seems more confident in his uh, three-point shooting. Granted, he's hitting him at about the same rate and taking about mm-hmm. the same amount per game. But he's, as he he's did still last letting year. them go. So exactly. that's, that's the big thing. Um, but overall, I'm just I, I I love what I've seen out of Donovan. I, I've been to it's five or six games this year, and each they've won every single game. So I'll say that. But, <laughs> All right, good luck, Charm. But uh but each game, it's amazing just being there and hearing MVP chance. Just something as a Cavs fan, you never really expect to hear because we haven't had that kind of player outside of LeBron and Kyrie. Mm. So I'm happy where they're at. They're doing really well. Uh, 
I know Darius just injured his thumb. Who knows if he's going to miss time yet or not? We don't know about that. We could find that yeah. out tomorrow before the I think game. he's questionable right now, so we'll right. we'll see. Hopefully, it's not too much time. If he is uh, in the lineup, hopefully, it's not bothering him too much because it, it it is his shooting hand. So, yeah. you know, his, with the Cavs injuries, are always going to be a little bit of a concern, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, but, I'm right there with you with the expectations. They are. Oh, go ahead. And the last thing I want to add, if Darius is injured, guess who's coming right around the corner? They said at the Ricky beginning Rubio, of the game. man. Yeah. Exactly. So perfect so, time for him to come back. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm right with you with the expectations, man. This is just about right where I would have wanted them to be. Uh, I took a look. They were 20 and 16 at this time last season. So they've only won two more games. But I think the difference is that this feels way more sustainable Yes. Like last year, it was kind of the breakout season. And once the injuries and, and just the season started to wear on, they kind of fell apart post all-star break. I don't expect that to happen this year. I think, I don't think they've even reached, they're, they're not playing their best basketball yet. In my opinion, I think they'll get even better yes. as the season goes on as Rubio comes back as hopefully, you know, Garland and everyone maintains, you know, a certain level of consistency and is able to stay in the lineup. Um, one other question that I want to ask before we get into specifics, you know, best and worst, uh, how many all-stars do you think they're going to have this year? Two. Two, Two yeah. Who is with, it going to with, be? With an, with an alternate. I think Darius ends up being the alternate because while he is still playing great, he's not playing at the same pace as he was last year. Granted, that's because you have a star next to him, so he doesn't have to play like he did last year. But I think – Darius will be that alternate. And then Donovan and Jarrett will be your two all-stars. Jarrett is playing on another level. And if Rudy Gobert can get all-star uh, <laughs> nods for his defense, then Jarrett Allen definitely deserves all-star yeah. nods for his defense. Don't get me started on Rudy Gobert. We'll, we'll save that for another <laughs> time. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'm going to say two. I feel pretty confident they'll get two. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's a lock. I don't think yep. we, we'll talk about Donovan Mitchell in a second here. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm a toss up between Garland or Allen. I'm not sure which one's going to get it, but one of them is going to get the nod unless January is just a disaster. Uh, it's possible they'll have three if we're being optimistic. Yes, so it is possible. We'll see. I think January will really be the month that decides uh, if they get two or three. Like if, if both Allen and Garland just come out balling and the Cavs put up a, a, a winning record in this stretch that they have coming up, I could easily see them getting three. But yeah, I'll take two. Two All-Stars is still fine though. Um, so yeah, Moving forward, let's start off. We're going to run down some of the best and worst things going on. Uh, the number one best thing I would say this season has been Donovan Mitchell's arrival. Um, yes. Averaging 28 and a half points, 48% field goal percentage, 41% three point. Those are all career best marks for Mitchell. Um, and I'm just personally grateful that he came out swinging right away because there is definitely an alternate reality where maybe he didn't come out shooting the way that he did. And maybe like, just look at the Hawks, for example, or, you know, uh, the heat, how they, they're, or the Raptors. I mean, sorry, the Hawks and the Raptors, how their season hasn't gone as planned. There was definitely a path where the Cavs could have gone down that way. And maybe we'd be sitting here entering January. Like, oh, was that really a good trade to make? No, we don't have to worry about that at all. Mitchell came out day one and made Cleveland his city. So I'm personally happy that we can just, put that debate to rest right away and look forward to the next, you know, four or five years, however long Mitchell is here, because this is his city now, I would say. 
I, I would agree. Donovan's arrival has been great. His ability to, like I mentioned before, ability to just mesh. And if he's shooting career highs and I think both field goal and yep, both of them and yep. three point percentage, like he, he's been a career like 35, 36, if I remember correctly, three point percent shooter to be shooting in the forties just shows you how he fits into this team so well. Uh, I, one of the games I was able to go to was that Celtics game at home, Darius's first game back and just seeing some of the shots that he's just hitting was amazing. Uh, there was that, uh, that shot. I want to say it was against, I want to say it was the game before Christmas. So I can't remember who we were playing off the top of my head, but it was that three where it just one second left perfectly center the backboard and in. And I was just like, that that's just the shot making is ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> there, there's not many players in the league that are doing what he's doing. Uh, taking a look at the numbers, he's third in total three pointers this season, and he's second in pull up three pointers. And when you look at like the list, it's basically just him and Stephen Curry that are doing it with both volume and efficiency. He's on an incredible hot streak. And uh, even last season, he was uh, turning into this like deadly pull up shooter, but I feel like he's taken even another leap forward where it's like he crosses half court and he can get a shot from anywhere he wants. And it's a good shot. It doesn't matter if it's contested. It doesn't matter if it's off the dribble, step back, whatever. He's just getting his to his spots consistently. And he's given the Cavs a scoring punch that they really, really needed last year, especially when it came down to end of the season and teams just started harassing Garland on the perimeter and double teaming him. Like you can't really do that anymore because Mitchell is going to kill you on any given night. And and like you said, I've been to a couple games this year, too, where it's like the star power that Mitchell brings to the court just can't be overstated. Like, yes. there are just games. I was at the Pacers game when he got into that little scuffle where they're fighting for the ball. And it's like immediately after that, a switch just flipped and he came out balling in the fourth quarter and led us to a victory. And that's something that you just can't overstate. Like, that's such a valuable thing to bring to the team that I don't think outside of Garland has had moments like that recently and a little bit last season, but Mitchell is just clearly on another level when it comes to that. And it's great to have a guy who we can chant MVP for. I just, it it's weird because as a Clevelander, you are so used to these players not wanting to be here. And just having so many, in Cleveland Sports General, so many moves happened this past year, which all three of our sports are, granted, the Browns record might not, show, might not show it, but all three of our sports are in a good place. And it's, I don't know if you listened to 92 Through the Fan at all, or if you read the interview Mark Spears did with uh, with Donovan on, on Handscape. Um Yesterday or the other day, depending on when you're listening to this, on 92 Through the Fans, Mark Spears was on and was talking about the fact that based off of how he see how he saw Donovan when they were talking, how his body language is, all this, he how Donovan just fits and is loving Cleveland, he wouldn't be surprised to see an extension happen as soon as possible. Yeah, that's another big thing, too, uh, just talking about 
the way that Donovan has meshed with the team right away. There was all those rumors that maybe he didn't really want to be in Cleveland. Maybe he wanted to be in New York. And again, that's another thing where even before the season started, Mitchell made it pretty clear that he was here and he's buying into the Cavs culture and he's embracing the city. And it seems like he loves to be here. The Cavs vibes are immaculate as they keep saying. So uh, that's another thing that you just can't, you can't buy it, you know, like, a uh, superstar in Cleveland who's embracing the town, and it seems like he wants to be here for the future. So, just, just like if I remember correctly, when he's introduced, he wore a Brownie the Elf hat. So, like, yeah, <laughs> he gets us. He gets us. <laughs> gets us. All right, moving forward, we're gonna have to get into one of the worst things here. We're gonna alternate bring the mood down a little bit the worst thing going on with the Cavs I think I'm going to combine two things here I would say it's their lack of shooting and the pace that they play at so they play at the slowest pace in the NBA which I guess we'll start there I think is something that they need to pick up a little bit because they have Evan Mobley Jared Allen two mobile big men who can run the floor you have two of the most dynamic guards in the league who should be able to get out and transition and kind of, you know, play that free flowing game that they're best at. And then at the wing, and we'll talk about the wing uh, a little bit later too, more, more in depth, but you have someone like Isaac Okoro who thrives in transition and kind of struggles in the half court. So the pace is something I would like to see them pick up. Uh, I would aim to get them into the top 20, at least. What do you think about uh, the pace that they're playing at? I mean, the pace, it, it's kind of weird because when Darius was out at the beginning of the season, that pace was up just fast, just yeah. nonstop. Playing Donovan Mitchell brand of basketball, exactly. just running gun. Now, I think the reason the pace has kind of dropped is this is kind of that building chemistry growing pain that we're going to have to experience. I mean, you have a new player where – Honestly, you could say in this situation, it's Darius, or now that Donovan's here, it's, it's you have two very ball-dominant guards who can both run the offense themselves, and now they have to each kind of pick and choose their own spots. So you might see, like, there, there have been plenty of times where I'm just watching a game, like, there's the cut, there's the cut, and yeah. <laughs> no, no pass, and just like, uh but it's frustrating when you see him get into ISO ball a little bit, but that's what happens to star players. Um, I, I, I think the pace does need to get picked up, but I honestly think part of the reason the pace is slow is because of that lack of shooting, because you don't have that ability to break down the defense with those four other guys who, while they do have the abilities and Jared Allen has started to show this ability more this season to space the floor, you don't have a three, a, 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 true three-point threat who can just sit in the corner while the rest of the offense is moving and be right there open for the offensive breakdown and just hit that three yeah and that's why I wanted to combine the pace and the lack of shooting because I think they are two issues that kind of affect each other and are very much tied together the Cavs on pretty much any given night are playing with two to three non-shooters in the lineup if you know Mobley and Allen for as much as they have improved they're still not really a threat from there most teams will concede a three-point shot from them and then again you have Okoro or Stevens on the court at any given time there too so that's just something that not many NBA teams in 2022 are doing usually you have maybe one guy who can't shoot two at the most when you have three of them it really does make offense a little harder 
Granted, like I said at the top, they're still uh, 11th in offensive rating, so yeah. it hasn't been too big of a deal, but it is, it's just that one thing that like everyone keeps talking about it, and we're going to talk about it more in this pod too, but if they just had a guy who could shoot the three-pointer on the wing, th- this team would be like unbeatable. It's like their only glaring weakness, and, and, I, and it I think hurts. I think that's where the Dean Wade injury has hurt them the most because mm-hmm. when that off earlier this season, when that offense was rolling, who was there to space the floor? Dean Wade. Yep. And Jetty uh, missed the last game. He's questionable for the next game, too. That obviously makes it even worse. One underrated aspect that I think uh, is affecting them a little bit is Kevin Love just hasn't been as good. Like, at the start of the season, he was firing. I, I looked it up. He was shooting about 40% from the three-point yep. line to start the year. He injures his thumb or his hand, and then he drops down to about 25% for a solid, you know, 10-game stretch there. He's picking it back up a little bit, but that is one guy. He's the veteran. He's the champion. He has the championship experience. Kevin Love can start playing like Kevin Love again. I mean, there was a time at the beginning of the season where I was ready to put him in the six-man-of-the-year race. I don't know if he'll get back to that status, but if he comes in and hits two or three threes a game off the bench, that just changes everything for this team, I think. So I'm hoping that he'll get into a rhythm soon. See, you hit it on the head because I was got so with Kevin Love, I think it has to do with that thumb injury because it was a shooting hand. That's the thing. Yeah. So there, for all we know, there's still some pain there. So all it takes is that it, it's playable now, but they did sit him for a stretch of games because of yep. how it was. So I personally, I think it's still just it, it's in pain, but he can still shoot. I think it will get better. Like you said, it's been trending upwards. Um, I I think something underrated, though, and I think, actually, I think now people do appreciate him. Jerry Allen is, to me, always been the most underrated player on this team. And then anytime he gets injured, notice that's when we get losses. <laughs> I, I I think I can agree with him being the most underrated player on the team. I, I think the best example of what you're saying about when the pace, when things are just going wrong, he's there to fix them. The Lakers game, that Lakers game where no one could buy a bucket in that first half. He had 20 in the first half. I was, I was at that game center or center court in, in Loudville. And I was just like, yeah oh it was his first game back from injury if i remember correctly too so just seeing how he was coming with this energy you could tell something was different about the team and i i know jb bicker bicker staff has said uh, oh i'm tired i've been up (laughs) (laughs) it's all good man but uh ultimately he's he said he deserves to be in the defensive player of the year conversation and i agree because when you're the center of the number one net rating defense and you're not getting any love. Mm-hmm. He's the anchor. I mean, he better be all defensive at the least this year. Oh yeah. No, no doubt. No doubt. And uh, that's a good transition into our next best thing that's going on, which is their defense. It's the best in the league. Uh, Jared Allen obviously the anchor he, he's the one who brings so much to this team but you also put Evan Mobley next to him and it's like that's just something that no other team in the NBA has you know you might have uh, a great rim protecting center but you don't have another seven footer in the lineup who is just as mobile just as athletic and just as capable of protecting the rim you put those two together 
And it almost doesn't even matter if uh, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland are below average or even just average defenders because you have such, and it's a cheap way of saying it, but Mobley and Allen are just cheat codes. They just make up so much ground that as long as Mitchell and Garland are passable defenders, like just do the bare minimum. And then of course you have Levert on the wing who is, you know, come off the bench, played multiple positions, played about as hard as anyone on this team has. He's doing a great job defensively. You have a Coro who for all of his troubles, he's always been a great defender. doesn't really matter what else is going on with this game. You know, he's going to give you that. And same with Stevens, uh, another player, the same as a Coro. You don't know what he's going to give you on offense, but you know, he's going to give you something good on defense. Uh, we mentioned Dean Wade, another great defender. It's like you have those two dominant centers, those two dominant big men. You have a great collection of wings for defense. And then the guard rotation isn't great, but it, it almost doesn't matter because you just, you're so strong everywhere else. Yeah. And I think that guard rotation is going to get fixed a little bit with Rubio coming back because guess what? One of our best lineups last year was when Darius was playing the point and Rubio was running the, uh, the secondary guard. It, it's now just imagine granted I know he's coming back from an ACL so you can't put too much pressure on it but just imagine adding that third guard which we have not had to the mix like uh Raul Neto well uh, he was he was doing decent in the beginning of the year and then we just saw him drop out of the rotation completely there's a reason for that he's he, he's a uh, a very much a breaking case of emergency point guard. That's that's what he's always. Been. Yeah. Um, but to get a guy like Ricky back to where he's not worried about getting his own points, he'd rather get an assist than points. Um, that that's that's big, and I think that allows you to st- stagger Darius and Donovan even better because. Now you're having someone who he doesn't have to be ball dominant to still make an effect in, in passing, but also he's going to be able to find everyone their shot. Because, and he's such a, a vet's vet to where he's going to make sure everyone's taken care of and then take over for himself when he has to. Yeah. Uh, he'll be the reliever for Mitchell and Garland. Yep. Uh, when you stagger those two, he'll come in and he can operate the offense for a while. And I love that you mentioned that he's a vet's vet because that is one thing that the Cavs have struggled with a little this year is sometimes they come out and they seem a little, like I said earlier, sluggish, or it's like the energy just isn't there. And if you look back to last season, they did that a lot last season too. But the thing is Ricky Rubio would come off the bench and he would light a fire under everybody because he's the one who's experienced. He's the one who can kind of dig them out of those early holes that they get into And again, we have to be careful because he's coming off of a very serious injury. So I don't want to put too many expectations. on. Second time he's torn that specific knee too. But if he's even 80% of what he was last season, like this is a guy who's going to jumpstart the Cavs offense. Uh, uh, Smart defender. He's not a great defender, but he's a smart one. He takes a lot of risks, which is sometimes an issue, but I think he'll slot right in there. Fine. Again, his, the main thing he's bringing is the offense and that experience where everything is just going to be so much easier for the Cavs, even if they're playing at a slow pace. Like, he's just a guy who's going to dissect the defense. He's going to set up the bigs. He's going to get Mitchell and Garland easy looks. And most importantly, he's going to take some responsibility off their hands to create for themselves. And so, yeah, that's a huge thing, getting Rubio back, assuming that he is at least somewhat what he did last season. See, 
and you hit it right there. He helps pick up the pace because that's just his style. He's very let's quickest point. Let's because that's that's the European style of basketball. Let's get that quickest score. Let's let's what what's the most efficient way to do this with as little time as possible and keep trying to run up the score, especially after a stop. And that's what I'm looking forward to the most when we get him back. Yep. So uh, next thing on our list for the worst, we're going to talk about the wing, a little bit of uncertainty on the wing for the Cavs. We already mentioned some of the players, but we'll run through it again. You got Jetty Osman, Isaac Coro, Lamar Stevens, Dean Wade, Karis LeVert playing some minutes there. And I'll just mention him, even though I don't know when he'll be playing again, Dylan Windler. You got a lot of wings there and not really any consistency. All of those guys have spent time in the starting lineup uh, besides Windler, obviously. And it's like, it's just that one missing piece where if one of those guys could step up and do it consistently, because they've all had their moments. They've all had moments where they look like they could start and then they fall off again. Dean Wade is the only guy who I would say uh, hasn't actually fallen off. He just got injured. So he's my pick to be the starter, but I'm interested in what you think about the wing. Which of these guys do you think has earned a stay in the rotation and who do you think needs to be out of the rotation or even traded, possibly, if, if you think that's the solution? Okay, so I'll start off with trade because that's the easiest one to get off my chest. And I've been banging this drum since the summer. I don't care how hot you started. Chetty Osmond for Jay Crowder in a second round. or We give him a second round pick also. Make it happen. Um, <laughs> because there's that 3 and D guy you've been after. You want to know why Jay Crowder didn't work last time? Because he's very much an alpha dog. And guess who he was playing with? LeBron James. There's only one alpha dog, and that's LeBron. So you can't have you can't have you can't, that. You can't have a boss man with the king. It just doesn't work. Exactly. But guess what? He's someone who who's gonna hold people accountable. And guess yeah. what? Great defender, great three point shooter. Is he older? Yeah. But there's a reason he's been on ten teams in his or ten teams in a, a short amount of time over the last few years. That's because he's so sought after because of the skills he has. He is sure he's a 35% career three point shooter right around there. But between that and his defense, he'll still, he'll do what we've been complaining we're missing. He'll hit that wide open corner three. He'll play defense, stick in the corner, and occasionally he'll cut down and do what he has to do. But that's, that's the dream move for me. I know some people have been on the, uh, the Josh Richardson train and things like that. And it's like, I get it. But I don't agree with it. Yeah, Jay Crowder, I don't know, man. I feel like every time I think about it, I'm like, no, I don't want Jay Crowder back. But I, I had this realization the other day on Twitter. And I was like, every time I describe what the Cavs need, it's I Jay Crowder. literally describe <laughs> Jay Crowder, like word for word. We need the three-point shooting. We need someone who can play defense on the wing. And as you mentioned, we need someone who's tough. Because I've I've been saying this a little lately, not to go all ESPN first take yeah. here. The Cavs, I'm not saying they're soft, but they got a lot of friendly people on the team. And there are just some games where, like, you need someone to get in there and start a fight. Not, you know, yeah. not to be, like, an old head or anything, but Crowder you need a Jay Crowder. Yeah, he has Either to start a fight with the other team or to start a fight with your own team. Because, like, against the Raptors, when you come up. out and you're seeing your guys get punked for the third game in a row, it's like someone has to not hold them accountable, but fire but them it, up, like you yeah. said. Uh. Otherwise, my two starters have been the two that have been back and forth, one when healthy, one when not. 
Lamar Stevens and Dean Wade, I think they are the two best starting options. And I think people do forget that Lamar Stevens is the second leading scorer in Penn State school history. <laughs> it's not like he doesn't know how to score. It's just that's not what he has to do in the NBA. So. Yeah, he's he just doesn't really fit the type of scoring that the Cavs need is the main thing. I think if you put Lamar Stevens on, you know, a different team that could just use him more without having him spot up, you'd probably look a little better on offense. I agree. I think Dean Wade is the starter. I will take Lavert out of the conversation because I think he's just going to be the sixth man, and that's what he does. We don't. I really think he's that. also trade bait. Uh... I, I agree with that too. I think as much as I actually really think Lavert has been working lately, I still think he's the most likely to be traded. I'm still a Jetty believer, even though he's so streaky. I, I think he could be valuable. We'll see. And you know I'm a tapping <laughs> out. You know I'm an Acoro believer, so I think they will have to choose between Stevens and Acoro at some point because they're just. When everyone's healthy, they offer such the same. They they they're so similar. They're almost redundant. And I personally am an Acora believer, but I would be happy to see Steven succeed too. So either one, Here, someone I'll, has I'll, to earn it. I'll say this: one of them earned a contract extension. One of them has yet to. Yeah, so. yeah. That well, that's it right there. One of them has to earn it. Really, everyone in this wing rotation, someone has to step up and earn it because right now no one has. And if no one can do it, whether it's this trade deadline or the summer. There's going to be a move. Kobe Altman is going to address this. He knows it's an issue. Deadline. You think so? I, I could see it happening for sure. And like I said, I think Levert is the most likely one to go if it has to happen. As much as I really enjoy the way he's been playing lately and he's absolutely bought in to the, the system and his role, he is the most, the easiest one to trade and he's the one who can bring back the most value. Yeah. Agreed totally 110% there. All right, we're going to end the show on a best uh, topic here, and it's going to be Evan Mobley. We touched about it on the top a little bit. Uh, it's a subtle improvement, at least when you look at the stats, because per game stats, it's basically the same as last year. But there are some very notable improvements there, and the eye test would definitely suggest that Mobley has taken a subtle leap. So right off the bat, 6% increase in his field goal percentage. He's rebounding at a higher rate. And he's essentially, if we're rounding up, he's averaging 15 and 10, yeah. which considering he's next to an all-star big, who is also averaging a double-double. And like you said, two ball-dominant guards. And he's 21 years old, and he's averaging 15 and 10 on almost 56% shooting. Like, I'll take that any day. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. What? He's not the guy yet. In, yeah. two, in two years, yes, I think he has to be that 22 to 25% point per game power forward but right now doesn't have to be that he's not asked to be that you want him to enforce that defensive dominance that he brings and just have those subtle incremental increases on offense which is what he's showing I'm loving it I'm not right. going to complain about it I'm going to sit here with an Evan Mobley jersey on wave my Evan Mobley flag and say hey haters he's young he's got time <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy how good he is right now Thankfully, I don't think he has too many haters. It, it feels like it on Twitter, but I, I think most of the fan base is just raving over him because the confidence is increasing. He's doing every single thing you could ask for him, from him at this point, you know, from a reasonable standpoint. He's doing everything, rebounding. He's, he's you know, he's been way more decisive lately, catching that ball on the elbow and just going to work. He's showing a spin move, which I feel like people aren't talking about as much as I'm seeing. Like, every time he catches the ball – 
for a seven footer to move that quick to get your entire body going one way and then to spin on a defender, which is something he's been doing a lot lately. I'm really excited. I feel like he's flashing a move that is just going to be impossible to guard with how long his arms are too. He's making like 10 feet of space between him and the defender when he does that. Um, Mid-range shooting, I think is something that can improve. That's something that I think, you know, is something this season he can improve three point shooting. We're maybe a year or two out still from him being a real threat, but like, He's flashing the full package, and it's just such a great – even passing. He's, he's even showing potential as a playmaker. There's so many different ways he could go into becoming a superstar. And like you said, it's not there yet, but I would bet my money on Evan Mobley being the difference maker for this team uh, in the in the future. No, he, he, is, he is the future, in my opinion. Uh, he is – he's Pogasol – Jared's, uh, Jared is Andrew Bynum, uh, Donovan Jacoby, and then Darius is just a completely souped-up version of Derek Fisher if you have around 20 points <laughs> he's, he's Steve Nash if if they got, you know, a prime Steve Nash back right. then. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I'm excited. Don't I'm not going to ever take anything away from this team. It's going to be a fun watch. I can't wait to go uh, to the Suns game next and uh, just – see how this team keeps progressing personally. Same. I I love it. They're going through a little bit of growing pains, but they're well on their way. They got a very bright future and it's a great time to be a Cavs fan. Thank you everyone for listening. Please subscribe to the pod, leave a rating, follow me and Matt on Twitter. Um, I will be back next week. Thank you, Matt, for coming on the pod. Thank you for having me on. And uh, go Cavs.